Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan. Government in our nation at all levels is on a massive power binge. Nameless, faceless bureaucrats enact rules and regulations that steal our property and freedom. Instead of oversight, the federal monolith in Washington provides self-serving programs to ensure their own prosperity and re-election. Our founders gave us constitutional republic and was based on a federalist platform filled with checks and balances to prevent dictatorship by a power-hungry ruling class. Their greed and lust for power, however, knows no bounds, and they have overcome those constitutional protections to the detriment of our God-given natural law rights. As government grows more intrusive in our lives at an alarming rate, I can feel the rising tide of frustration and a sense of vulnerability in our people. One by one, the institution and rules on which we have relied have failed. Originally, the Constitution and Bill of Rights ensured the sovereignty of the states and their citizens. States' rights were ignored and diminished during the events surrounding the war between the states and Reconstruction. True state sovereignty, however, ended in 1913 with the 16th Amendment, federal income tax, the 17th Amendment, direct election of senators, and the Federal Reserve Bank. Americans have traditionally relied on the electoral process to control government with an orderly transition of power. The collectivist left began to subvert that process with group identity policies that used government programs to purchase votes from favored groups. A coalition of bureaucrats, lawyers, and entrenched politicians expecting to crown Hillary Clinton as the first woman president stalled the populist policies of the Trump administration. It soon became apparent that the collectivist coalition had a firm control over the mechanisms of government, the media, and the electoral process. The national election of 2020 was marked by obvious voter fraud and the popularly elected candidate was denied victory as a result. An unbiased and fair judiciary is essential 
for individual freedom and was the last restraint on the continued abuse of power by the federal government. Decisions by the federal court system and the Supreme Court, however, once again indicated that our federal judiciary has been corrupted and can no longer be relied upon to uphold the words of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Our nation has now reached that proverbial fork in the road. All the institutions of government, the checks and balances upon which we rely to preserve our rights and freedoms have failed. Autocrats control the reins of power and continue to dismantle the constitutional republic that protects us from tyranny. Where do we now turn? I present to you the doctrine of the lesser magistrates, an incredibly powerful and timely book written by Pastor Matt Trawella. Here's a quote from Pastor Matt. The lesser magistrate doctrine is rooted in the historic Christian doctrine of interposition. Interposition is where one steps into the gap, placing themselves in between the oppressor and his intended victim. Interposition can take place verbally or physically. The law of God is the objective standard by which all men and all governments of men are accountable. If civil authorities make law, policy, or court opinion that is contrary to his law, the lesser magistrates are to interpose and stop the evil. After our commercial break, we will return with Pastor Matt Trawella to discuss the doctrine of the lesser magistrates and its application to our nation. Pastor Matt Trujillo, it is an honor and pleasure to have you back as a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. Oh, it's an honor to be back with you, Dr. Dan. Thank you for having me. God bless you. God bless you, too. And I will tell you that reading your book, The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates, was a turning point for me. The subtitle of your book is A Proper Resistance to Tyranny and a Repudiation of Unlimited obedience to civil government. It gave me the foundation I needed as a county commissioner to be the big brother to protect my constituents. And it also provided the proper themes for my writing, resist tyranny and trust in freedom, and I will not comply. So Pastor Matt, let's start by defining the doctrine of the lesser magistrates and the concept of interposition. Sure, that sounds good. The doctrine is very simple um, to define it. The definition is that when the higher ranking civil authority makes unjust or immoral law, policy, or court opinion, the lower or lesser ranking civil authority has both the God-given right and duty not to obey, and if necessary, to actively resist the superior authority. So when the superior authority does evil, the duty of the lesser authorities is not blithe compliance, rather it's interposition, where they stand in the gap between the superior tyrant authority and the people who they want to mistreat and oppress. This is very important doctrine. It's been exercised by men down through the ages. 
I use a quote from Emperor Trajan, which kind of sums up the doctrine. He was giving a sword to one of his subordinates, and he said to the subordinate, use this sword against my enemies if I give righteous commands. But if I give unrighteous commands, use it against me. And that's kind of the doctrine in a nutshell. Um, John Knox, the reformer from the 1500s, wrote the foremost treatise on the doctrine of the lesser magistrate in his appellation to the nobles of Scotland in 1558. The nobles were the lesser magistrates of that day. And Knox cited over 70 passages of scripture to show that the doctrine is sound in the word of God. So this doctrine is found in Christian nations, exercised in Christian nations. It's found exercised in um, Jewish areas. Also, it's been seen in amongst pagan, non-Christian, non-Jewish areas, showing that it's natural to man. So it's a very important doctrine. It's a tool that's been shown to reign in the tyranny of the superior authority, often bloodlessly. You have to understand, Dr. Dan, that the superior tyrant authority counts on the blithe compliance of the lesser authorities in order to get their evil down in the fabric of society. And when they don't have that blithe compliance, that's when the tyrant superior authority knows they have a problem on their hands. So the doctrine was first formalized. We call it a doctrine because it was formalized by Christian men in 1550 AD in Magdeburg, Germany, in what is known today as the Magdeburg Confession. And in my book, I um, one of the chapters covers what all took place there in Magdeburg. And we use the term magistrate. It's just an old English term, which means any public official, whether appointed or elected. That's the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. You mentioned it's being rooted in interposition. The historic Christian doctrine of interposition is something that is massively important. In fact, when it comes to the interposition of the lesser authorities, um, civil authorities, it is so important that their interposition can actually abate the just judgment of God in a nation. If you look at Ezekiel chapter 22, verses 24 through 31, God says he was looking for a man to stand in the gap. And because he couldn't find one, he therefore brought his judgment upon the land. Had there been a lesser authority willing to stand against the evil that had been brought in the land by the superior authority, the judgment of God would have been abated in the land. That's how important their interposition is when it comes to the doctrine of lesser magistrates. You know, what's really so important for people to understand is that all of this is based on our Lord. Mm -hmm. It's based on the fact that there is good and evil, that God has presented us with that choice. And that's one of the problems today. We have completely lost the moral compass in our society. When you do away with that concept of there's definitely good and there's definitely evil, what's in between is what kind of gives people that license to, to stray. Isn't that what you think? Yeah, absolutely. And the goodness of um, uh, the linchpin of the doctrine of lesser magistrate is something you also mentioned when you were reading from my book that God's law was the objective standard for Western civilization, for Western man, for well over 1,500 years. God's law was the objective standard by which all men, to which all men and all governments of men were accountable. 
It was the standard so we could see a just law from an unjust law, an evil law from a good law. And now that that's been removed, God's law has been thrown under the bus, not only by society, but by most of Christianity in the West. The state is now free to make things up as they go. So they make evil good and they declare good to be evil. It's almost, Dr. Dan, like our government officials go to the Bible first to see what God thinks about something. And then they do the exact opposite. You see this in just about every area of life now to the point now where even when it comes to male and female, <laughs> they want to embrace something totally contrary to what the scripture reveals. Evil is afoot in our country. You know, it's it's one thing you said that this is something that the government uh, is doing, but it really goes down to just people, mm-hmm. people who who should know innately what's right and what's wrong, yeah. and they don't. How, how do you explain that? I mean, it's not even, I would say, common sense, which is, of course, not common. But the point is, people should know good from bad, right from wrong, good versus evil. They should not need to be taught that. I mean, it goes back to the Ten Commandments or beyond even further. What what has happened to us in our society that has caused that? Yeah, well, one thing is, have you noticed the blithe compliance, you know, of most Americans? Uh, the masking thing has revealed just how blithe the compliance is, how men will go along to get along, how they'll seem to obey anything that the civil authorities throw their way. And When you look at our nation and when you look at the history of governments, they often make law, policy, and in our case, court opinion, to corrupt the morals of the people. And so this has been going on for generations now. I'm 61. I've seen what the Supreme Court, for example, has done just in my lifetime. Each succeeding generation, the thing's been going downhill. Each succeeding generation has some new decadence or injustice fomented by the Supreme Court upon it, and everybody goes along with it, and then it becomes normalized. And this is why the interposition of the lesser magistrates is so important. If they don't interpose, the evil done by the superior authority gets down into the fabric of society. And that's what's been happening. Um, I remember, for instance, we came so close to seeing the state of Tennessee defy the U.S. Supreme Court over the Obergefell opinion homosexual marriage. We were just votes away from seeing that happen. It didn't work because, lo and behold, the largest pro-family, Christian pro-family organization in the state came in and saved the day for the wicked people by saying, we should just let this be taken care of by the courts. We shouldn't have the legislature stand in defiance and the governor stand in defiance of the Supreme Court. Huge mistake. So once their court appeal was exhausted a year and a half later in Tennessee, and they lost, and homosexual marriage stood, the following session, there was an attempt again to see if they could get the votes in order to defy. They only had 10% of the original legislators who were willing to stand in defiance of that great evil, willing to do it then. Again, people accommodate themselves to the evil that's around them. 
It becomes normalized within the culture. And then you top that on, Dr. Dan, with the clergymen, the churchmen in this country have been playing the whore for decades. Their fealty to Christ is long gone. They haven't taught the people right from wrong. They've thrown the law of God under the bus themselves. And so we have a people now, just like you said, who don't seem to be able to understand good from evil anymore. I've watched that with my own eyes from the time I was a kid in the 60s to now. I cannot believe how our nation has become in regards to its mores. You know, the church, uh, and I'm not talking about even even in right now times, because there's there's things to discuss about right now. But in the past, here were pastors who would not speak up against evil the way they should. Uh, and you're right. They really betrayed God. They, they, they betrayed their oath to God is basically what they did, because they saw evil. They knew evil and they said nothing for decades. And that's what allowed the flock to stray. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to understand the form of Christianity we have is steeped in this notion that we are we show our spirituality by how much we're not involved in civil government matters. It's important for people to understand. I've had countless people, countless churchmen tell me we lost the culture war. It's over. The truth of the matter is, Dr. Dan, the culture war is never over. And now we're to the point since you think it's over and you've been indifferent towards it for decades and years, it's knocking on your front door. In fact, it's ready to break your front door down. You, you can't be indifferent towards the unjust and immoral actions of your government. You don't have that convenience. You must take a stand. And the stand that you take must be rooted in Christ. This is extremely urgent for people to understand this. And what I have seen over the last year and a half now is more people than ever who are realizing they no longer have the convenience of being indifferent to the unjust and immoral actions of their government. And they're flooding into county and local government. You mentioned being a county official. Um, here's where we're at. People are more than ever are realizing DC's at war with them. Their state officials aren't going to protect them. And so they're flooding into county and local government in order to make a stand for freedom. While all this COVID stuff has been going on for nearly two years now, we've not seen acts of interposition by state leadership, governors, legislatures against federal actions. But we have seen hundreds of acts of interposition by county officials and local officials, by sheriffs, by county boards, by mayors, by city councils, hundreds and hundreds of acts of interposition by those officials, um, both against state government, because so many of the states and their governors have acted the tyrant, and also the federal government itself, counties and local governments defying their state, defying the federal government. If you'd like, I could share you just a couple of examples. There's some phenomenal stories of all these acts of interposition. For example, down in Chicago, Illinois, I should say in Illinois, Governor Pritzker, I don't know if you remember when this all began, 
back in March of 2020, how these governors were coming out with their new draconian orders like every 72 hours. And Governor Pritzker, who's still playing the tyrant today, in May of 2020 came out with his latest edict. And it declared, Dr. Dan, that no businessman in the entire state of Illinois can open their business till I say they can open their business. And if anyone opens their business before I say they can, they'll now be arrested and charged with a crime. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Everything gonna be 